Hey friends, before we dive into the episode today, I just want to let you know about something I just launched. It's called Find the Others. And it's a core idea of something I've been writing about for years, which is that one of the most underrated things to enable people to create and follow unconventional paths is finding other people on similar paths. After many people requested that I start a community, I've done just that. And by joining the community, you'll get access to my paid newsletter and occasional subscriber posts, though every Saturday I'll be sending one that's free. And you'll also gain access to some of the courses I've created, which I've never really found a good place to market and sell those. So I'm going to be putting those in there. I'll also be giving people free access to my book. And if you want a copy, I'll send you a signed copy of my book as well. So check that out in the show notes and excited to connect with people. On to the episode. Welcome to The Pathless Path. I'm Paul Millard, and in this podcast, we examine the invisible scripts that run our lives and dare to imagine new stories for work and life. Welcome, Tom. Uh, So Tom Critchlow is joining me today. He was a guest on the podcast about five years ago. I think I'm actually going to replay that episode. I haven't listened to any of my early episodes in a while, but... It was probably me just trying to extract wisdom about being on these weird paths back then. I think I was just telling you right before I hit record, I stumbled upon your writing about freelance consulting and instantly I was like, well, this is interesting and weird. Uh, Most of the people I had known were former strategy consultants who were basically just leveraging their own offline networks and trying to make a lot of money, whereas it seemed like you were just trying to write for fun. <laughs> and uh, since we've gotten to know each other a lot better, um, I've, I'm six years on this path. I think you're eight years. It will be nine in October. Amazing. Yeah. Nine years on an indie path. You've done a ton of freelance consulting. Uh, you do a lot of work in marketing and SEO. Uh, You've also created a course and experimented with that over the past couple of years and reached out to me. Uh, You actually posted online that you wanted to talk to somebody on a podcast about what you're feeling stuck with. Uh, So I've talked to so many people about uh, a lot of these things, excited to talk about these things with you, especially uh, because I know your journey so well. Uh, So (laughs) welcome to the podcast pathless path for the second time yeah thanks for having me back um yeah what a what a wild five years it's been um you've written your entire book traveled the world got married had a kid um yeah it's been uh, what a journey yeah i'm i'm happy to take those achievements those were the kind of achievements i was looking for not uh promotions and salary raises uh so um this isn't going to be the the normal pathless path sort of deep dive on the journey interview. If you want that, uh, I'll link up to the episode we did. It's actually episode seven, which is just mind blowing. I think this will be like 154 or 155. Wow. But um, yeah, well, welcome, <laughs> welcome back. Uh, what's on your mind? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me let me set a little context. I guess you know for the last nine years. I've been uh, working as an independent consultant. And um, I'd say for the, the first seven years or so of that journey, um, consulting was like 100% of my income. You know, that was like the thing. Um, and 
I even wrote blog posts about it and stuff about the idea that um, aligning my identity to the identity of a consultant was clarifying for me. It was generative. I really appreciated like identifying in that way, um, doing client work. I really enjoy doing client work. I was writing about the practice of being an independent consulting. And so that journey felt, um, it felt like it was quite focused. It felt like I had a kind of a mission that was like, oh, I'm doing this thing. I'm a consultant. That's my path. Um, and then about two years ago, um, somewhat accidentally, um, I started the SEO MBA, which is um, an online course. Um, it's uh, specifically teaching business skills to SEO professionals, pretty similar to the, the strategy course that you have actually, um, but for a very specific kind of audience. And since that moment, I think ever since I, I kind of posted that course up, I think I've been a little bit fragmented, right? My identity is being split between like, oh, I'm a consultant, but now I'm also a course creator. Um, those things are very, very different tempos right? Um, you know, the tempo of consulting is you're at the whims of client cadences. A client comes in, great, I got to go jump on that client. I got a new gig to do. I've got um, an invoice to send, whatever. The, the, that cadence is quite fast. Um, it's very stimulating, right? New clients come in, new businesses, new industries, new challenges. Um, so it's quite stimulating in that sense. Um, and a lot of it is directed by clients, right? Clients are like telling you what to do. They're asking for things and so on. When you're on your own course, um, no one's telling me to do anything. I'm just sat here being like, it's entirely self-directed, right? It's entirely like, what do I want to do today? What do I want to do this year? Um, I have some vague ideas of like, should I do a new course, right? I've got two courses right now under the SEO MBA brand. brand. Um, I could do a third course, right? Um, I could work on the email automation flows, right? I could write some more newsletters. There's always stuff to be doing, um, but no one's telling me what of that stuff to do, right? Um, I don't, you know, it's, it's, this is like the classic kind of entrepreneur problem, I guess, right? Like founder is like, no one tells you what to do. There's a million things you could be doing. Um, and then, uh, then I have my book, right? So last time we spoke on the podcast, I was writing blog posts. That blog post journey of writing about independent consulting has become a book project, which I'd say I'm 90% finished with. Like I have, you know, 50, 60,000 words um, already written. And it's just about kind of like hammering that into a, a kind of final version. Um, and so I find myself at this moment now where I'm like, okay, I have this idea of what to do with the SEO MBA, right? I have this kind of plans of how I want to evolve that. I have the book that I want to write and I have some consulting work that I'm doing. And I just find myself kind of paralyzed almost. Like I'm sit, I sit down, like the kind of daily lived experience right now for me is sitting down and being like, I don't really know what I should be doing. I don't really know what I should be working on. Um, now this is kind of a new feeling for me. I feel like I've been stuck yeah. at various times in my career, but. Um, this particular kind of like indecisiveness or lack of focus is, is kind of a new thing. Um, and that's what, that's when I put up the single flat on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, hey, who can, who can help? Yeah, it, it's such an interesting thing. I think I relate to a lot of this. I often find that when I'm doing consulting type work, I don't have the energy for the other work, right? It, it's this sort of different uh clock speed of types of work right you're sort of reacting to extrinsic pressure versus trying to conjure up intrinsic motivation which for me often requires like non-work like non-work to work like the best strategy i have for writing uh my book for example was taking every seventh week off and not writing the book or like going for a bike ride when i was stuck um so yeah, I, I think that's normal, what you're experiencing. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering how you think, like, what do you think you should be doing? I mean, I think that 
like many independent consultants right now, client work is a little slow. Uh, the, the economic climate and so on has has dried up some work for a lot of the folks who do the kind of work that I'm doing. So I have some some consulting work, but not a lot right now. And so I've been trying to throw myself into the the new um, kind of next iteration of the SEO MBA um, that requires some website building and some course creation work and so on. Kind of, I would say, kind of somewhat deep work. Um, but very like solitary, you know, solo player work and the book writing project. Those two, those two projects feel like great things to be doing while client work is slow. Um, the book project in particular is, um, I just have this like hanging, I mean, yourself included, Paul, um, like people are just hounding me to like get the book out. Um, that's why I feel like a real sense of pressure to be like, I really got to get the book done and finished. Um, but at the same time, writing, rewriting, editing polishing is not necessarily my my strength um yeah so i think that there's a there's a there's a grinding of the gears there between what i think i should be doing versus like what i'll naturally spend my time on right um and i think that you know what i realized as i've been reflecting on this this feeling for a few days what i've realized i think is that i really enjoy being intellectually stimulated like moment to moment day to day i really enjoy like tackling kind of interesting ideas and novel problems it's also why i get my dopamine fix from twitter is because it's kind of a never-ending stream yeah. of interesting things um, and consulting delivers that uh, often very often right it's like oh yeah i'm dropping to a brand new situation a brand new client a brand new industry i've got to try and get up to speed and fast it's a, it's something that i can intellectually be be curious and satisfied in um and sitting down to write my book feels much less intellectually satisfying moment to moment in that set or stimulating um in, yeah. in that sense moment to moment like the big project i think is is satisfying and stimulating the day-to-day mundaneness of like you know rewriting a bunch of stuff that i've already written to get it into a shape to publish is yeah it's harder for me to stay stay motivated on kind of moment to moment i i have this thing i've uh, been saying to people which is have you tried not working on the problem like when's the last time you just sort of didn't do anything i mean that's a that's like difficult question you know i've got two kids so there's almost yeah. no moments when i, when I, mean, I don't do anything <laughs> um, um but uh yeah I mean, I mean you know i take you know uh, me and my wife go like rock climbing uh nice. a couple days a couple days a week while the kids are in school which is kind of which is kind of fun that um by the way it's like an excellent way to find other people on the pathless path is like you know mid- midday yeah. rock climbing <laughs> during the week um you're gonna find a bunch of weirdos um who have figured out how to how to live that life um so yeah i do some of that um yeah that is a cheat code go to the gym in the middle of the day and you'll inevitably meet the other people on weird paths <laughs> right right yeah so i would go deeper there i mean that sounds like a planned activity you do when's the last time you just went out for a walk and wandered yeah, I don't remember the last time I did that. So this, this is what I'd recommend. I've actually had something small and silly like this open up stuff for people is block out. So there, there are different ways to do this. Block out um, two hours on your calendar during a workday when you should be working and just mm-hmm. go wander and start taking random turns. The other thing you can do, the alternative to this, is find something from childhood and do that. 
during the middle of the day in the afternoon. I've done that. I do this sometimes when I will just go play basketball mm-hmm. in the middle of the day. And that's just something I used to go out and do for fun as a kid. And it's sort of a way of just like reconnecting with that almost source energy that I think is necessary to drive things like book projects. Because I think doing things like a book are fundamentally crazy. They're opposed to the natural flow of how people do stuff in today's world, right? In the corporate world, you need a plan and a strategy and you need to execute. Writing a book, you're sort of just saying, well, maybe it will work. <laughs> I don't right. actually know what will happen. Um, but yeah, how, do, how does it feel when I suggest something like that? Those two things. Yeah, you know, I think I used to give myself much more permission for those things. Back when I was only doing consulting work, it was more obvious that when consulting leads dried up or work got a little bit quiet, the the obvious thing to do was to like spend my free time doing something I enjoyed. Right? It was like, oh, well, I'm obviously going to go for a bike ride during the day, or I'm going to go for a walk, or, or whatever, right? Um, because I could kind of trust the process. I knew client work was going to come. I knew that I was going to be busy at times, and so when the client work was slow, I was like, great, this is why I do what I do. Is you saw that I can go bike riding on a Tuesday afternoon, right? Whatever it is. And I think well, two things have changed, right? I think having kids changes relationships time a little bit because Definitely. now <laughs> instead of uh, you know, I, 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 I more rarely have long stretches when I'm at uninterrupted time and I have like a hard stop every day, right? It's, you know, it's like 5 p.m. It's like, I'm going to stop working, right? Because it's like getting the dinner ready for the kids or bath time, you're spending time with them, playing with them, whatever. Um, so like 5 p.m. every day is kind of like a, a hard stop. Um, and then the second component is now I have like a, a, a course to make and a book to write, like, you know, like, screwing off to go bike riding in the middle of the afternoon is like shirking those there's a sense that if i do that stuff that stuff is never going to happen right? i'm never going to get to those big projects like how am i going to make progress on them if i'm shirking off right and so i think that there's something interesting about that shift of perspective on time when i felt like my time was completely my own in between consulting projects and now i don't yeah. feel like my time is completely my own in between consulting projects i feel like i should be spending it in productive ways right um which is ridiculous because it's all self-imposed, right? It's all self-inflicted. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think I think when you're doing these unstructured projects too, what I've found is that time is very arbitrary, right? How long something takes, there's no fixed amount, right? And actually, I sort of tapped into this by, I did this podcast with Sean McCabe where he was talking about taking every seven weeks off. <laughs> now... His reason for doing it was he was working seven days a week, 100 plus hours. He was just working too much. But in the convo with him, I was like, well, I'm working like too little. I think I was stuck. So I imposed the every seventh week off thing. And I think you were part of the emails I was sending. So I would Mm -hmm. send out a, I would take six weeks to work, take the seventh week off, no notes, just wandering, no active forward progress. I wouldn't even make plans with friends. I I would say you can text me um, on the day and if I'm around, I'll meet up um, or jump on a call with you. And then that following Monday when the new six-week work block would start, I would send out a, a letter to my friends and say, here are the goals for the week. 
And I actually accomplished way more doing that for about a year and a half right. than I had at any moment previously. And I, I don't think it was the every seventh week off. I think it was just creating change in, in the rhythm, right? And I think... Like, I think in our past, we need to almost make like stupid choices just to shake things up, <laughs> create randomness to create information such that right. we become more aware of things. Because I think, I mean, almost nine years is a really long time on this kind of path. Yeah. It's your yeah. normal, right? <laughs> yeah. I think there's, um, you know, one of, one of the things that has been one of my uh, go-to tactics when I get stuck like this, and I've used this many times over the last nine years, it's what I call um, kind of flailing around, um, which is that when I yeah. get stuck, I just increase my activation energy, right? I'll join like a random Discord Discord group or I'll buy somebody else's course or I'll like, you know, go to like a meetup or whatever, right? Like I'll meet random people for coffee. I'll send a DM to somebody that I respect. Like I'll just kind of increase my my kind of molecules of energy to be like something is going to emerge out of the universe if I just keep doing stuff. Um, and what's been interesting, I think, over the last couple of months as I've been increasingly stuck is a lot of that hasn't worked yeah. like it normally does. Um, and, and so I think uh, I like the I like the idea of, of fundamentally changing the cadence, right? It doesn't have to be forever, but like the idea of like a, 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 a more formalized working cadence, I think, I've always had a hard time planning that because of the consulting load, right? You like clients don't really care if you're taking a week off every seven weeks, right? Um, they're more likely to be like, "Hey, I need I need a meeting," or yeah, that's the only time something can work. Um, but as consulting work is a lighter load right now, um, I could easily see that that working. I'm I'm curious how much you think the um, accountability aspect of that is is a key driver. Like, how much of that is the six weeks six weeks on one week off, and how much of it is I, you know, just that simple act of setting an intention, emailing it out to people. Yeah, it didn't even matter if there were people. I could have sent that to. I could have sent that to a junk mailbox. I think just turning it into writing. Writing for me, I think, like you, is a way to turn ambiguous thoughts into um, coherent ideas. Well, uh, so that was powerful. I've since stopped doing it. I found I didn't need it, uh, and I'll probably need new tactics in the future. Right. Um, but my go to tactic is often working less. Right. Which is not a common strategy. <laughs> but I've found it works over and over again. Yeah, I think there's definitely a um <clears throat> a feeling that the paralysis comes from wrestling with a thing which it's almost like an immovable object. Like it's like you're wrestling with a thing that just isn't budging. And so you can yeah. keep wrestling with it forever. Like I can keep showing up every morning and sitting down at my computer, but if I'm not going anywhere, then that doesn't help, right? <laughs> you've got to you've got to you've got to try a different way of tackling that, of wrestling with that same idea, um, or abandoning the idea. I mean, that's this is the other thing, and I think this is something that you and I both share, Paul. Is you know, like you have your strategy, you course, and I have my SEO MBA course, and I think both of us. I hope you don't mind me saying this. Could be doing a lot more with them. <laughs> like, like I think, oh I think yeah, both, like, I both talk about them. this all the time. Yeah, like we both I have strategically kind of pro- drop the ball. Yeah, 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 I love that phrase strategically dropping the ball i mean i think that is like literally the deciding to be at peace with not doing the most yeah right doing your best yeah like like not maximizing revenue not doing all the things i could be doing 
not optimizing every surface area for it. Um, but in return, not feeling really stressed out about it, not having a really complicated thing, not being beholden to lots of structures and rhythms and cadences. So I think both of us have done a pretty good job of that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and then it's about turning, you know, when you decide that a project is worth doing, I, I, I guess the, the tension for me is like, I'm quite good at strategic avoidance of, of, yeah. of, of, of things. But there are certain moments where I'm like, oh, actually, this is a project that I really do want to invest my time and energy in. Um, how do I trick myself into, for want of a better term, like sprinting on that or like, you know, doing a bunch of deep work on that thing um, to really feel like I'm making progress? Because it is a thing that, I, like the book project is a great example. Like I really, I really want this book out in the world. Like, and I have yeah. loved writing it and the feedback from people has been amazing. Um and I can still sit on my computer and not really make any progress at it. And that feels, that feels super frustrating, right? To like have this con conflict of like a thing that I really want to achieve that, 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 that I feel really is also like creative and generative and so on. And then just to feel like I'm not making progress on it. Yeah. Hey there, it's Paul. And thanks for listening to the Pathless Path podcast. I wanted to take a quick break to ask you a small favor. I'm really loving doing the show and for the first time have the support to help me take it to the next level. Unfortunately, it's still pretty hard to spread the word on podcasts, but that's where you can help me out. If you enjoy these episodes, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify or simply share the episode on social media or with some friends. Finally, if you're enjoying this conversation, you'd probably like my book too. It's been read by thousands from around the world, and each week I get notes saying how much the book helped people on their paths. You can grab the audiobook read by me or other versions in the link in the show notes below. Let's get back to the show. So a couple things. I think one is I've uh, thought about decisions in a different way. I think a lot of times we think about like do or don't do. And there's actually a hidden third option of decide to wait and see, like explicitly right. being like, okay, I'm not going to work on SEO MBA until October, right? And deciding okay. that such that it like sort of actually makes that a commitment. And the other thing is, I think from moving around, my environment changes enough that like I've had to work in seasons, sometimes like, I just feel totally different in different environments. So okay. I've like, I keep having these like one or two month sprints. I've, it's happened to me six or seven times in six years. And I sort of know like that's how I get big leaps done. What? Right. Um, and are, they, I, are, they, are they intentional kind of moments where you're like, I'm going to decide to do that? Or they just emerge naturally out of like, oh, I just, I found myself throwing myself into it. They're both, in, I've gotten better at bringing them to the surface from like doing the every seventh week off stuff. Um, and last year, me and my wife took a basically two week road trip um, on the West Coast of the US. And then we went to Connecticut and stayed at my parents. And there's just less to do there. Mm -hmm. So I, I knew I needed to rebuild my strategy U course. And I knew it was important because I found out my wife was pregnant. I was like, I need to take this serious. I use that as like a fake excuse to drive that. Also, yeah. the setting was right. There wasn't much to do. And I was like, all right, this is all I am going to do. 
I also had a client that like hired me to do it. So I was like, I'm going to use the clients. Um, I sold a project that helped me take action. Like I was going to use the client right. said lines to like redo the entire course as I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that took a lot of energy, but it was the sole focus. And I strategically dropped the ball on everything else because I knew if I took that to the next level, I'd be happier with it. And then I could like focus on the book again and yeah, promoting yeah. it. Um, but I actively decided not to focus on promoting the book. I, I had already declared the book a success by last <laughs> summer. And it was like, all right, it's just going to decline to zero now. I was, right. I was wrong about that. But yeah, yeah, cle- yeah, yeah. thankfully. Cle- yeah. Clearing that out. Um, and then the third thing I would say is like, it sounds like you hate editing. Like, why don't you just hire an editor? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that that is actually the one I'm trying to do. Like, I'm trying to get the writing. Like, like I think it's in like pre-editing phase, basically. Like, it's it's. No, I basically it's have ready. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You think? Yeah, your writing is so good. Well, I pre- I appreciate that. Um, yeah, maybe maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe it's also like. I, I think with like, an editor, don't look at an editor as like you're going to throw it over the wall. They're going to send it back to you. Finish. You can find somebody that will collaborate with you. Right. Um, I found a great editor. Maybe she'll be a good fit with you. Where she sort of saw my vision, she would put comments in. I would work on it. I would like tag her in the Google Doc. She would go back and forth. It was a very collaborative and generative process. Um, and it helped me in those final three months of launching the book. Also, spending money is a nice like. Oh, I'm taking action now. Um, Yeah, yeah. That that client that you had that drove the strategy you sprint is a really great frame of like, you know, I think the client and the pre-sale, right? Like a forcing function, right? Like we can we can manufacture this. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say somebody that's watched you, like, I think your writing is better than my writing. (laughs) Well, I I I certainly wouldn't say that, but I I, I appreciate it. It's it's different, right? Um, but it it's so good. Like the world deserves it in book form. And I don't know. I sense the book is the big thing. And maybe you're sensing that that's going to change you or something, or it's going to lead to this new chapter. I do think there is like a mourning period of our past identities. And that actually just takes time. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that brings up something for you. I don't know. I, th- I mean, I think there is, I think the big, the big uh, kind of under the surface emotion is that writing this book has been like the happiest period of my life. Like, and like and in New York, I can't attribute all of that to writing the book, but like the last five or six years of my life have been incredibly generative, like working for myself, having two kids, like just, you know, deepening my sense of like individual agency, creative expression. And it's also been like writing the book specifically has been a way for me to, to, to basically really enjoy doing consulting. Like the, the, you know, every consulting client I have and putting through the lens of, you know, what am I going to learn about the practice of consulting that I can then distill into my book? Right. So like, I think that there is, there is definitely a, there's a hidden agenda under the surface, which is when I'm done with the book, then what? Like, am I no longer like, am I, am I no longer going to like consulting? Like, am I like, like what, what there's a kind of that fear, I think of, of, you know, I've enjoyed the process of writing the book so much 
that the act of finishing the book is is closing that chapter, right? To, to in some way, shape, or form, right? And like, I'm sure there's, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful, and um, you, you know, you have been an incredible role model in this of like showing the amount of like serendipity and like opening of doors that happens after the book is published, right? Like, I think there's a ton of things that can creatively be unlocked by having the book out in the world. And I know that intellectually, but I think there is also a deep feeling inside of like, maybe I could just keep writing the book forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, maybe I could just stay in this phase forever. And I, I, I actually think that... Um, you know, Robert Caro so, mode. Yeah, yeah, totally. Maybe this is just a, a 4,000 word book. I don't know. Like, it's... Um, uh, maybe I should just call it part one. Maybe maybe that's the, the trick I need in my head. Is just call it call it part one and then, but, uh, you know, for, give myself the freedom to keep writing. Yeah. What, are you, what are you afraid of? Like, what? I, I mean, I, I don't know specifically. I just, when you, when you talk about that, like, mourning of identity, right, of, like, yeah. shedding, shedding of skin, I feel like that's the, I think because, right, you know, as I write, as I've been writing these things, I've been publishing them on our website, so it, it's never really been writing in service of the goal being the book, right? The goal is really, in, in many ways, simply a form factor. It's like a container for the writing. Is there, is there a counterexample that you might actually start writing more? after the book i hope so yeah i mean that would be that that would be the aspiration um i don't think i'm going to stop writing but i think that there is a there is a little bit of just like on on fear of the unknown i guess right i'm like you know well what should i write about afterwards right i mean i'm I'm sure you have a little bit of this too like i'm you know on the surface i think you've been incredibly jovial about like not having a clue what comes next um and i'm sure that that is great but there must also be a little bit of a question of like you know, I mean, you started tweeting about a new book, new book object or shaped thing, but it's like, yeah. you know, that sense of like not knowing, right? And and um, that can be free, that can be freeing, but it could also be scary, not like the not knowing, right? Yeah, it, I I sort of have this personality where that unknown excites me, um, it, but I I also think I've like the book was just something that happened. Nothing, nothing really changed in my hmm. strategy. Like maybe, maybe my income is a little higher from writing, but like, what, what did I do the week after I published my book? I wrote my newsletter, right. um, and I keep writing it. And then it turns out I just kept generating more ideas, and that's why I might potentially write another book. Is because, oh, I like writing. I keep generating ideas, and I want to keep writing. Um, mm-hmm. Writing is the ultimate act of exploring the unknown. Right. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I think we both read a lot of like Venkatesh Rao's stuff. Um, he uh, he kept writing. He's written several books. Yeah, I've also, I mean, I mean, Venkatesh has been an inspiration in more than ways. So one, but in particular, like you know, his um, Art of Gig series, there yeah. was a, a a newsletter about you know being an indie gig worker, freelancer, consultant, etc. Yep, Art there it gig. is. Um, uh, and what I love about those books actually is that he basically just copy and pasted them into book format. Like he didn't actually rewrite <laughs> anything. Yeah. Right? Like he was just like, "Well, these should be books. Great, now they're books." <laughs> and and you like sometimes I feel like sometimes I wonder if I should just do exactly the same thing. Um, you know, I think also it's like with the first book. There's that kind of like your first, you're always more precious about your first book, right? Like I want my first book to 
have more story in it and to be more cohesive and blah, 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 blah. I think the stories are all a little bit BS, frankly. Like I, I would call myself out on that. Like I think, I think if I just copy and pasted what I've already written and then just like published it, I think actually it would achieve 90% of the same yeah, outcomes. Cause, um, it, Cause it's very good already. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's certainly done. It's certainly done something. I don't know if the writing's great. Like I, don't, I think this this writing is very like good. I, I'd be this, writing this, this thing is a, like a, <laughs> this is the thing that happens. I'm gonna fight you on this. Yeah, no, this is the thing that happens with when you're writing your own like book type thing. You end up looking at it so many times. Like I am like I remember reading my book, um, and like this is like mush. Like, yeah. it's just like, I've read it it's 50 times. I've rewritten it. It's like mush. Like, this can't possibly make sense to other people. Um, so eventually people are like, yeah, this is good. This is good writing. I like it. And yeah, yours is good. I, I say that with 100% confidence. Like, your writing's great. People love your writing. Well, I, pre- um, I, I, I really appreciate that. How did, how did you know when you were done? Like, you, you talked about hiring this editor that you kind of collaborated with, like, how did you decide that you've done enough rewriting that it made enough sense? Like, so I, I had sort of just made a commitment to this book. I wasn't doing anything else. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I actively decided not to work on Strategy U. I had this opportunity to start doing live cohorts because the opportunity was massive in 2021. But I decided to write the book instead. And that was really the only thing I was working on. Hiring the editor really helped me stick the landing because it was like, well, I'm paying her and I have to like keep working on it. And she's only she said she can only work until this date. So, yeah, that that pretty much helped me. Mm. Yeah, I think I think manufacturing a deadline uh, also also you can keep editing would already help me. Like if you're self publishing, you can just like download a new PDF and upload it, and you have a new book. Right, right. Have you done that yet? Have you, have you, like, just spelling mistakes and stuff? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, spelling mistakes, maybe some links and references, but yeah, nothing crazy. Done it about five or six times. Right. Uh, Tell me more about the new book project. What stage is that in? That is in the, so I opened a Word doc. This is what I did for my last book. I just opened a Word doc and started dumping like some of my newsletters, essays, half-baked thoughts. And then I have an Apple Notes file of thoughts. And this is the real way I, I write a book. I now have like a process because I've done it once. Basically, I decide I'm going to write it. And then everything I start seeing, it's like, oh, this could fit in. And I just keep dropping notes. And then... I just write on it when I have time. Um, I don't have as much time right now. Uh, I'm probably working like one to three hours a day, sometimes zero, uh, mostly just because I have a newborn. But yeah, it's just like when it comes, it comes. But the ending, the final 10% of the book is hard. Because if you've never done anything like that before, you have, you're, it's the most, like, there's no path. Right. right, is the ultimate pathless path. You have no idea how to stick the landing on such a complex project. So you just have to like keep trying stuff. Right. Yeah, I think I find I find myself in in these moments where I'm I'm trying to 
be like, oh, I should write the intro to this chapter this way, right? Or I should, I should try and emulate somebody else or like their style simply because I don't have my own blueprint to follow, right? Like you said, I don't yeah. have, it's the path of path. I don't have, I've never done this before, right? I've never written a book before. You know, it's like, I think like, I, I think blogging in the same way, right? I should like, I think a lot of people struggle to get into blogging because it takes a while to figure out what a blog post is. Or what it means for you, right? Yeah, but you, was, no, but you know no, how to no stick universe, the landing on that. You develop your own way of sticking the landing, right? You develop your own way, yeah. your own internal kind of calibration of like, I know how to write blog posts, right? I know, I know what that means to, my, to, to me personally. I know how I do it, and I, I, know, I know what to do. I know how to stick the landing. Um, but in the same way, it's like I've never written a book, so I actually don't know what a, I don't want, I don't know what a book is to me, right? I don't know, what, I don't know how to stick the landing. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I'd love to chat to you Well, anyone else who's listening to the podcast who thinks they could be a great um, uh, writing, sparring, partner, editor, whatever I need for this last this last 10%. Because um, I think having somebody having somebody to go through that journey with and creating a forcing function to really like force my hand, uh, I think is probably, probably what I need right now. Yeah, so I would post on Twitter or your email list even and just say this is what you're looking for. I sense that is the project you're like called toward. I think, I mean, it seems like, again, inspired by your path, I just, I have a hard, I don't know what doors it will open, but I have a hard time imagining that getting the book out in the world isn't going to open some interesting paths. Um, opportunities, connections, opportunities, like just things that are going to emerge out of the universe um, from doing a project like that. Um, I'd also just, I think it's going to be really gratifying. Like I think being able to hold the book in my hands and be like, there it is. Yeah. I wrote that, you know. So have you written, have, have you read my introduction? Is it? It's, I wrote my introduction at the end. <laughs> it was one of the final things I figured out and I was stuck on it. And I basically went for like a motorcycle ride. And I just was like, I don't know what this book is about. And suddenly it just sort of came to me. In like a flood of emotion, I like broke down crying on the side of the road because like it was just so powerful. And I wrote most of what became the introduction on the side of the road in Taiwan wow. <laughs> um, on my phone. Wow. And yeah, it might be worth trying to like write out like an introduction. Like, why does this matter? Uh-huh. And I think you'll know why it matters once you like feel something powerful. Yeah. I mean, I think what I just said earlier is, is, is really true. Is like what I want to try and give people with the book is the same thing that I've had over the past six, seven years of being an independent consultant is just like the best years of my life, frankly, right? <laughs> like the, the ability to, you know, be in control of my own right that. Ag- agency and time and energy to work on things that are rewarding and fulfilling and interesting, um, you know, like to, to, yeah, follow my own path, right? Like that's, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I sense that's, from that's what you right? Yeah. So I think that would be incredibly powerful. Um, I think a lot of your book right now is sort of like very, like the art of indie consulting. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe the missing part is injecting that personal story throughout. I mean, I know I know you have it too, but um 
I, th- I think you have a similarly powerful message. It's not just indie consulting. It's, it's building something into the grain of your life to steal your own phrase. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's it, a lot of it touches on the same themes that you talk about, right? The idea of deeply reimagining the idea of work life balance and what that, you know, what that means. Um, I think that's, I think that's the, the ultimate purpose of the book. Is to, is to help people do that. I mean, I talked about it before. The, the way I've talked about that previously has been helping independent consultants build a sustainable practice, i.e. like building something that has longevity because the the immediate rewards are more obvious in terms of like cash and time and freedom. But the ability to do that over a long period of time without burning out or without getting lost is the real winning formula, right? And I think that's what I want to try and orient the book around, um, despite ironically feeling lost and, and stuck right now, um, you know, in the, in the, in the grand arc, um, the ability to run an independent consulting practice and just stick with it, right. To, to keep those benefits from accruing in your life. Um, that's the, that's the guiding mission of the book in my mind. Yeah. So maybe it's just missing an intro. Like I pulled up your page. I'll link up to it. It's called the strategic independent. Um, yeah, you sort of just go into the str- why do strategic work. And I, I feel like it's missing like a chapter zero, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like basically saying what you said. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, I have a, version, of, I have a, I have a version of that in draft. And I think what I'm not struggling with, but I think where I'm at right now is like how much of that same emotion and narrative needs to continue through the rest of the book. Right. I mean, this, yeah. is, all, this, is, this is all quite like tactical, like just editing, like writing decisions, like rewriting decisions that I'm, that I'm doing right now, right? It goes back to that point of I could just copy and paste the book into copy and paste the writing into book format, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but is there an opportunity to to weave this narrative through the book in a more cohesive way? Uh, you know, p- tell more of the personal story along the way. That's kind of where I'm at right now. So another thing you can do if you want to raise the stakes on yourself, go to Bowker. B-O-W-K-E-R, buy 10 ISBNs because you'll yeah. need them. Um, and then put the ISBN into Kindle KDP and pre-sale your book. Yeah. Put it up. Um, <laughs> all yeah. you need is a cover, cover image, um, name, title, put your ISBN in and yeah, announce it. <laughs> that's really, that's a, that's a fun slightly scary sounding but fun challenge that's going to be week one of your course when you have a course or, or program for like helping people write their books that's going to be week one is everyone comes out of week one with a a, a pre-sale and isbn number you um, can do right. it up to a year before a launch date so okay pick a launch date based on what feels good for you you can't do pre-orders for paperbacks <laughs> this was my for, mistake i tried Kindle? to I right. published my paperback by accident. <laughs> I remember seeing that. You're like, oops, I published my book. Yeah. <laughs> so I just decided to do a three-day Kindle pre-sale. But I think that's one thing I would change. I would do like a, at least a three-month pre-sale. Um, yeah. And then send it to me because I'm going to buy it immediately. <laughs> I've you have been one of the one of the, my most vocal supporters and you've certainly been hounding me to get the book out. So yeah, I really... Well, it's great. And I think, um, I think it's just a similar playbook, like to my book. 
it's like there there's actually a shortage of these like personal story plus deep thinking books uh, mm-hmm. because traditional publishers get their hands on them and run them through the playbook um, of like extending, adding the marshmallow test story and all these academic references. And suddenly you have a book that was soul rich and it becomes soul dead. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm probably I, a bit too harsh on traditional yeah, publishing, yeah. but like yours is soul rich, and yeah, I I want to see it in the world. Yeah, me too. Me too. I appreciate your support. What's uh, what's now? You've got ambitions for for helping other people write books. Where are those grandmaster plans at? It's just this. It's like one on one combos and telling you like, I mean, <laughs> I've been badgering you for years. You have. When did you start writing it? I'm going to dig out all of the the, the screenshots of your text messages. Like, you'll just text message me at like three o'clock in the afternoon and be like, when can I buy your book? (laughs) You've done that for years for me. Yeah. I mean, I started, I must have started writing it like right around when I was last on the podcast, like five, six years ago. That was when the first pieces of writing went on my website that, that became that like light bulb switch of like, oh, this could be a book. This isn't just blog posts. This is something more. Um, so it was right around that, yeah, about five years ago was when I decided to start writing it. And that's when I started, that's when I shifted from writing kind of like blog post sized pieces to like more essay chapter length sized pieces. Um, and, you know, knowing that eventually one day it would become, it would become a book. Yeah. So is this the stuckness? <laughs> I mean, this is, this, this is, this is the, 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 this is most of the stuckness. Um, I think, I think what I, what I've taken away from the core, I think it's a couple of things. I think it's that, you know, being in a position with the courses and with kids, frankly, I haven't given myself as much permission and time to, to do nothing. Like I've done, like I'll go work out or like I'll take time to myself, but like the, that's slightly different than doing nothing. And so I think that I want to take that to heart and really be like, okay, I'm going to go for a walk and get lost or, you know, whatever. Like the, the do nothingness I think is important and I, and I appreciate that reminder um i think the second piece is the strategic avoidance of deliberately deciding not to do some of the things that i kind of want to do yeah. right now and, and putting a date on them it's going to oh i'm not, I'm not going to think i'm not going to think about this thing until until october 1st or whatever right um i think that's a powerful technique um and then the final th- thing that I, I think i really want to take away from this is is kind of manufacturing my own incentives and forcing functions whether it's hiring an editor whether it's putting the pre-launch up like basically tricking myself into feeling like there's that urgency and that deadline and and kind of triggering some work like a burst of work off the back of that all right now scary part (laughs) i think so this can go out as soon as next monday okay or the, or the next four weeks after that. I have some other episodes recorded. Do you want to include a pre-sale link in this episode? Yeah. Oh, you're asking those spicy questions now, Bulls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't. You don't have to. I mean, you can. You can also let me know before it gets published. You can say publish this one last in like four weeks. Let me let me let me get back to that. Let me let me sit with that for a second and get back to it. All right, all right. I, I will. This, add is, this, some is, audio. this is this is this is this is me chickening chickening out in real time. Um, well, no, do do this. Um, go go for a walk sometime in the next week, um, and just see what emerges.
Well, listen, Paul, I, thanks, uh, thanks so much for having me on the, on the show. Uh, short notice, like you have been, you've been one of my biggest supporters and just like consistently kicking me in the ass and being there to support this book writing project. So I'm really, yeah, I feel, I feel a bit energized and grateful to be able to do this kind of thing. Same, same here. I mean, just the existence of other people like you, it's so helpful. It's like, oh, other people do things like me, so I can <laughs> do these things. It's right. this hidden permission that's super powerful. Finding the other weirdos. Yeah, that's the, exactly. That, that's, the, that's the only goal in life, right? Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on today. We, I don't know what links we're going to include, but maybe there'll be a pre-sale <laughs> link. If not, I will include the link to the Strategic Independent below and eventually update it. But thanks for joining today, Tom. Thanks for having me on, Paul. Thank you for listening to The Pathless Path. I love having these conversations. And if you want to support me, you can rate, review, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can also follow me on YouTube, where I post all the video interviews of this podcast as well. Finally, you can always support me by buying my book, The Pathless Path. It's a book I'm really proud of and has most of my best thinking and probably my best writing in it. And you can get it for less than 20 bucks. So grab that. It's in the show notes. And thank you for listening.